بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد صلی اللہ رسول الکریم اما بعد We had comments yesterday with this correspondence of Hazrat Mufti Mahmoud Sahib Rahmatullah Alayhi So to just continue on that today There's a question that a person has asked Respected Mufti Sahib Assalamu Alaikum Warahmatullahi Wabarakatuh I do not have the enthusiasm and eagerness to do any work and to complete my tasbihs, tilawat, etc. I am forever in a state of unease. Shaitani thoughts and inclinations continue to bother me. Please advise me how to overcome this situation. The person is expressing his lack of drive, as this is a common story, that, that enthusiasm, that drive doesn't seem to be there, and a person is not inclined to complete his mamulad etc. <coughs> so what is the remedy to this? So that replies and says that respected brother, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Generally there are three reasons for such a condition overcoming a person. In other words, if a person apparently had been going fine, everything was going okay, the feelings, feelings are not the objective. Feelings will fluctuate. Feelings will never remain the same all the time. Sometimes there will be a feeling of a lot of enthusiasm. Sometimes it won't be so high. But where things really come to a down and a low, then sometimes, this is what Hazrat is referring to, that generally there are three reasons for such a condition overcoming a person. Number one, inappropriate company. The condition described could be a resu- as a result of adopting the company of such people who themselves are not inclined towards zikr, islah, etc. Meaning a person who is not inclined to deen, to be making an effort for deen, a person is in fact becoming a hurdle for the one who is inclined. It's obvious that a person is going to join such company, then he is also going to be retrogressing. The aspect of joining company, this is something to understand. One is that, for example, we meet somebody in the masjid, obviously, or we meet him anywhere. So we have to be kind and cordial to every person, meet him happily, cheerfully, inquire about how he is feeling, etc. All that's fine. But associating with the person, spending time now on a casual basis, sitting and having long conversations, going places together, Associating in that manner, that is what is this company. So now when a person accompanies or takes, adopts the company of people who are not inclined to zikr, islah, deen, then obviously this will have an effect. And this is not something that happens also in a moment. It happens gradually, subtly. This is what the big challenge is. That a person doesn't see the decline, because it happens so gradually that initially a person can't detect anything, doesn't feel anything is out of place. But by the time the effect becomes visible, it's already gone quite low. This all depends on how sensitive a person's 
spiritual, well, you call it a thermometer or whatever it is, that how quickly it indicates that there's a problem here. Sometimes a person, like some instruments are very, very sensitive, the slightest fluctuation in something, and there will be an alarm bell, there will be some lights flashing. So some, whatever, just as an example now, some instrument to measure some liquid, whatever it is, that something is going to fall into a tank, and as soon as it hits a certain level, so it will now flash some lights, show that this has come to a certain point. So now some things would be maybe at the very, very first level of that tank, there will be some lights that will flash. And sometimes all those lights are not working. It's only the last bit when it comes to the top. When the whole tank is full, almost overflowing now, then it becomes obvious something happened here. That this tank of, which is filling up all the waste matter now, has overflowed. So, this is the situation, some people's heart, due to the barakat of excessive zikr and mujahada, striving against the nafs, it becomes hypersensitive and it detects the slightest change immediately. The slightest fluctuation will get detected immediately. So, if it gets detected immediately and the person gets into action at the same time, then inshallah he'll get saved from further decline. And sometimes, the person's heart doesn't give any warning signal that something is happening now. There's a problem. Until the issue has already now gone to quite a serious note. So this is the first thing Hazrat is mentioning, inappropriate company. Number two, consuming haram. Often due to a person consuming, consuming what was acquired in a haram manner, he is afflicted with this condition. Consuming haram, is not only confined to something that is haram in itself, but something that was acquired in a unlawful way. There was some element of deception involved in it. There was some, the transaction was incorrect in terms of shariat and deen. So all this obviously becomes a major problem. And number three, sins. A person is sometimes overcome by this problem due to having sinned. And having sinned, sometimes you don't even realize that what, what sins we committed. Sometimes it's ghibad, or misusing the eyes, or sometimes allowing the heart to get caught up in what not. And all this gradually starts creating that decline, and before a person knows it, he's slipped far away. Ponder deeply as to what the reason is in your case. Having determined the reason, remedy it immediately. Thereafter take a bath, perform two rakats of Salatul Tawbah, and remain on the musalla for a long time, making istighfar and repenting with utmost humility. Beseech Allah Ta'ala not to deprive you of taking His pure name and to forgive your sins. Having done this, commence with your ma'amulat, that is your daily practices of zikr, tilawat, etc. The day you do not manage to fulfill your ma'amulat on time, delay your meals until you complete it. May Allah Ta'ala grant you the ability to complete your ma'amulat and grant you constancy as well. So these are the things to reflect on. Many a times a person has this question in his mind or has this kind of issue that what's the problem, why have I now gone in reverse? But these are the things to always be checking. It is a company right, what we are consuming is correct, 
have I started indulging in any sins? And to then turn immediately to Toba, Istighfar, and get this remedied. There's a question here that I recall my previous sins and feel much remorse over them. Please advise whether it is in order to recall one's sins in this manner. So that replies and says that it is not sufficient to merely remember one's sins in this manner. In other words, just to remember that this is what happened and that is what happened, that is dangerous in fact. Sometimes merely recalling the previous sins very subtly incites the person to commit the same sin again. This is shaitan's trap at times to make the person first, the past will come with a degree of remorse. But then slowly the remorse will come out. And a person, this will become the means of shaitan subtly inciting him to commit the same sin again. May Allah Ta'ala save us all. It is therefore necessary to instead visualize the day of Qiyamah. Not just to remember the sin, but to visualize it in this way. Visualize the day of Qiyamah. When an account of one's deeds will be taken in front of all of mankind. How utterly disgraced one would be. To actually visualize the scene that now the day of Qiyamah is already upon us and I am being taken to task for the things I committed. Now these questions or the, the situation is being put forward to me in the presence of everyone. Now that embarrassment and that situation that everybody is hearing, Cha, this is what this person did, this is where he went to. So when a person will think about it in that manner, that is the thing that will then become a deterrent. Just merely recalling the sin is quite dangerous. Just on that note, many a times people have this, this is shaitan's waswasa, that just the temptation of committing some haram keeps coming into the heart. The person is trying to divert this, but this is coming repeatedly, coming stronger. Now, there's two things. One is, if a person tries to actively dispel that thought, that too is engaging it. If he tries to now push the thought away from his mind, that too is engaging it. And that is not the way to push it out of the mind. The way is to turn the mind away. The mind and heart cannot focus on two things at the same time. Now a person has turned his mind away to something else actively, automatically the first thought will go away. Because the mind cannot focus on two things at the same time. But supposing that is coming still so strongly, Allah forbid, a person now is getting this repeated thought of going to commit some haram. For example, to go and now surround and watch some filth on the internet, as an example. So now shaitan is repeatedly whispering this. So to get this out of the mind is to now fast forward the scene immediately. Fast forward it to what? That this is what now the person is imagining now, he's engaged in this haram, and at that moment he got caught. And not one person, his whole family walked in. And everybody saw what he's up to. And now start visualizing the aftermath of that. What kind of scene will happen then? Who will be saying what? Maybe somebody will get violent with him. And somebody at that moment when even put it out on their 
social media or WhatsApp or whatever, that this is what we just found now. Now imagine the scene out in the public now, it's already floating around. So rather than try to engage that thought or to try to dispel that thought itself, one is the first thing is to just turn the mind away. But if that doesn't seem to be going still, then to fast forward it to this point. And that is obviously something that will become a very most detestable scene. It's not something a person wants to ever think about. So automatically this whole thing will be wiped out from the mind. So never to just engage the thought that has come in that manner. Even in the, in the effort to try and just push that thought out, that is actually engaging it. So either a person just turns the mind away, imagine the day of Qiyamah, imagine being buried at that moment, imagine the day of Qiyamah, imagine the fire of Jahannam. Or the other thing to do is to turn the mind away in this way. It is therefore necessary to instead visualize the day of Qiyamah when an account of one's deeds will be taken in front of all of mankind. How utterly disgraced one would be. Every deed committed would be clearly recorded in one's book of deeds. Moreover, one would be made to personally read out his book of deeds. In this world, we will feel, we feel greatly embarrassed if what we had done secretly is exposed. One should therefore consider how terribly embarrassing it will be to personally read out one's sins in front of Allah Ta'ala. Thus, if anyone wants to be saved from this unimaginable disgrace, it is essential that the sins are washed off from the book of deeds. The tears of regret and remorse in solitude is the water that washes off the sins from the book of deeds. May Allah Ta'ala grant us such tears of regret that washes off our sins from our books of deeds. Hence, merely recalling one's sins is not sufficient. One must firmly visualize the day of Qiyamah to gain the desired effect. And never ever just entertain the thought of the past, any negative of the past. This is shaitan's very, very common trap and effective trap to get a person back into whatever he has made Tawbah from. And this is how it will first come in the form of some kind of remorse and then that remorse will be gone and then a person will be slipping towards what he has given up. In Deen, as we have discussed previously also, there is no despondency. While we have to be very, very conscious of all the warnings from Allah's side as well. The harms of sins. What are the punishments that have been mentioned about it? And this needs to have, bring into the person's heart a degree of fear. But together with fear, there is always hope. There is never a moment of despondency in the heart of a mu'min. Shaitan tries to take a person away by getting him involved in sin first. Now when he is trying to get back, Shaitan uses despondency to keep him going further down. This is both very dangerous that never get into despondency either. This is a letter in this regard. The person writes that I am in a terrible state. It seems as if some darkness has engulfed my heart. Daily I recite the kalima a hundred times in the morning and evening, but yet I find no effect upon me. I am punctual with my salah, but it is without any spirit and soul. 
I think I am the worst of all people. As a result, I feel absolutely despondent. Please make dua for me that I should be granted death on Iman. Hazrat replies and says to him that do not ever become despondent due to your present circumstances. It is the grace of Allah Ta'ala that he has opened up the reality in front of you. The reality meaning you have not been left in the misconception that afflicts many people that they regard themselves as great and as being people of high status. Whereas in reality they are nothing. The statement that the person made that I think I am the worst of all people. This is the aspect that Hazrat is referring to. That be grateful to Allah Ta'ala that He has opened the reality in front of you. And you're not in the misconception that others or many people fall in that they regard themselves as something whereas they are nothing. May Allah Ta'ala save us from this malady. Remember well that a person will only gain salvation due to the mercy of Allah Ta'ala. No person will gain salvation on the basis of his actions. Sometimes a person does numerous good deeds, but then suddenly pride develops within him. Pride is something which is, we should be constantly asking Allah Ta'ala's protection from it and make every effort to be moving or removing this pride from our hearts. There is a very lengthy incident which we thought we perhaps might have read one of the days, but time has already passed. Allah knows best whether we around tomorrow we're gone. But the well-known incident of Sheikh Abu Abdullah Undulusi Rahmatullah very great Sheikh of his time, person who had numerous 12,000 murids and he was a hafiz of hundreds of thousands of ahadith. He knew the not just hafiz of the Quran Sharif in one but the seven qiraat. And all this was something that he had been blessed with. The lengthy incident, they were on a journey and they passed by some place where they had to fetch water. It was Asar time. And just around that time when they entered this village to get water, all the fire worshippers were engaged in their own ibadat. Obviously all batil. And when they observed this, this thought came in his mind as a form of, in a sense of pride. That look at these people. One is to hate the sin. That is necessary. Kufr, shirk, sin, that a person cannot give place in his heart to for one moment. To regard it as, well, okay, it's tolerable. No, it's not tolerable. But the sinner, not the sinner, as long as he's got life, there's hope of iman. And we will not despise the sinner. Person is involved in whatever, there's hope of toba. So, we are in no position to make any kind of judgment. Judgment not on the action. This is also another point, another misconception that many a times this statement is used in the wrong place. For example, somebody is doing something clearly wrong. So now that is clearly wrong. So you say, no, don't pass. We are not in a position to make any judgment. No, we don't have to make any judgment here. Allah Ta'ala has already made the judgment. Nabi Islam has already made the judgment that this is totally haram. And a person who commits this is a sinner. But we are in no position to make any judgment about anybody's future. That is correct. The judgment about that issue is clear cut. So you know we can't judge anybody. 
We don't judge anybody's future. That no, this person is now a write-off. We got no right to do that. We have no idea about our future. We should be making dua and asking Allah Ta'ala's protection. And we got no idea about somebody else's future. But at that moment in time, what is wrong is wrong. Person committing that wrong is sinning. That is a judgment already made. Nobody else has to make that judgment. It's done. So, the thing is that we are not to make any kind of conclusion about ourselves. That we are good. Or conclusion about somebody else that that person is a goner, he is a write-off. Never. Allah Ta'ala knows what is the future. Sometimes, so this, we were talking about this incident. So, when he saw this, what was required to be done is to look down upon the kufr, the shirk. But perhaps something came about the person. Look at how this person is. And some pride came in the heart about oneself in the sense that I am saved from that, I have iman, it is as if my achievement. So this is something that is never our achievement, is purely the grace of Allah Ta'ala. And then according to how close a person is, Allah Ta'ala save us, that's how he gets tested also. <clears throat> now that little going off the mark is not, there's no respite on that. So what became the end result? It's a very lengthy incident, but just the crux of it, that now this happened and they passed on, then they came to the point of, to fill the water. So there were some young girls there who had also come to full water. And his eyes fell on one of those girls. And suddenly his heart just changed. Now she happened to be the daughter of the chief of the place. There was some inquiry about who is this person etc. In any case they went away. Now he's sitting there for one day, two days, three days and saying nothing. Everybody is now in this beholdment what's going on here. And eventually when they ask him, he says, look, there's nothing more I can say now. The love of that girl has engulfed my heart. Now she is a Christian. And that love has engulfed my heart and I am now not in control of myself. All of you must leave and carry on. I'm not coming back. And no matter what they try to explain to him and advise him, he just cannot. And eventually out of no other choice, everybody leaves. He comes to the father of that girl to propose marriage. That proposal is accepted on condition, number one, he will have to give up his deen. Number two, he must graze the swine. And, Billah, he accepted these conditions. And after a whole year had passed, some of those who were associated with him came back to see what's going on. So they find him that he is busy grazing those swine. And they ask him what has happened. Any case in the cause of that conversation, see you knew the whole Quran Sharif by heart. You still remember any ayat? So he says that yes, I remember one ayat. The ayat of the Quran Sharif that he remembered was that khair, the ayat is not coming to mind, but the crux of it was yeah. That who Allah Ta'ala disgraces, there's nobody to honor him. And another one ayat, Allah Ta'ala turns somebody's heart, then it's gone. 
Then any hadith, you knew thousands of ahadith, any hadith you remember, he says one hadith I remember. Which hadith? Man baddala deenahu faqtuluhu. The person who renounces his deen, kill him. He's a murtad. He says, I don't remember anything else. But, in any case, these people made a lot of dua, they turned to Allah Ta'ala, and helplessly they finally left. But as they were on the journey back, they suddenly see he's coming. He's taken a husal and he's out, and he's reciting the shahadat. Allah Ta'ala gave him back everything. But there was this whole year of test in between. But where this stemmed from? That pride. That in that moment that pride came, that I am somebody. I have achieved something. I am better than the other. So this is something very, very dangerous. Allah Ta'ala save us and protect us. <coughs> However, due to his numerous good deeds, he regards himself as worthy of Jannah. Due to his numerous good deeds, he regards himself as worthy of Jannah. However, due to the evil of his pride, he becomes deprived of all the good actions and eventually becomes worthy of punishment. Allah Ta'ala has saved you from this serious malady. For that you should be grateful to him. Sometimes a person who has spent 70 years of his life upon kufr is finally granted iman and thus he goes to Jannah. It also happens that a person spends 70 years of his life on iman. But then due to pride he is deprived of this great wealth and ends up in Jahannam. Hence no person can ever be proud of his actions and rely upon them while becoming totally unconcerned about the punishment of Allah Ta'ala. To the extent that one regards himself as lowly and worthless, to that extent will one become worthy of the forgiveness and mercy of Allah Ta'ala. The Sahaba Ikram, they used to engage their night in ibadat. In the night, they engage the whole night in ibadat, but Allah Ta'ala speaks about them in the Quran Sharif, that وَبِلْ أَسْحَارِهُمْ يَسْتَغْفِرُونَ That they stand in the night in front of Allah Ta'ala, but when the night has passed in this manner, at the time of Ashar, Sehri time, that is now the end of the Tahajjud time now is coming up. So how are they spending that time? They are spending their time in Istighfar. So what sin were they committing? That now at the end of the night they are spending in Istighfar. In other words, they are so conscious that Allah Ta'ala is Allah Ta'ala's greatness is unlimited and in the light of that unlimited greatness what devotion was required of me I haven't managed to fulfill one fraction of it and what I have done this too is something now I must make istighfar from because I haven't fulfilled the right of this ibadat to one iota so now this was their quality that after having done all the good they still regarded it as nothing and this is what is the requirement. That whatever has been done, a person still in the light of the azmat of Allah Ta'ala, it is not one fraction of a fraction to fulfill the haq of that ibadat that's required. So after having done the whole night of ibadat, that they spend their mornings, the last part of the night, the early dawn, they spend it in istighfar. So this is the thing that never ever to regard anything as now my achievement and to become proud of it. Rather to make istighfar on that as well. To the extent that one regards himself as lowly and worthless, to that extent will one become worthy of the forgiveness and mercy of Allah Ta'ala.
ponder in solitude over this, that Allah Ta'ala has created you as a human being, not as a snake or scorpion, etc. He has saved you from kufr and shirk. He grants you the ability to take His name daily. He permits you to stand in His presence and perform salah. Inshallah, He will protect you in the hereafter as well. It is incorrect to despair of His mercy. I am overcome by laziness. Often I even fall into sin. Whenever I commit any sin, I sincerely regret it, but thereafter I find myself entrapped in the same sin again. As for my ma'amulat, at times I complete them all, while at times for weeks on end, I just do not manage to do anything. These are common situations, common issues. So this person also writes of the same thing, laziness, sometimes falling into sin, and despite toba, then a person is back into it, and the mamulat not getting completed. Hazrat replies to this, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. The practice of sometimes completing one's mamulat and at other times neglecting them must be completely refrained from. One cannot progress in this manner. Constancy is absolutely necessary. According to the hadith, the best of actions is that which one is upon which one is steadfast. Without this constancy, one cannot achieve the islah of one's nafs, the purification and reformation of the inner self. As for the sins towards which one is inclined, ponder deeply with regards to the harms of such sins in this world and the punishment in the hereafter. The harms in this world, as we discussed, for example, that if a person now, that sin is exposed, then what? And this is something never ever to be bold about. Sometimes a person becomes bold on sin. That I got everything sorted out. I am too smart. That is now a very dangerous situation. And what was apparently a very secure situation, Allah Ta'ala exposes it in then in a moment. There's something to always be very, very afraid about. So ponder over the harms of such sins in this world and the punishment in the hereafter. Contemplate about the end result of committing such sins. Inshallah, one will be blessed with the ability to refrain from them. Also, read about the virtues of good actions, such as salah, dhikr, tilawat, etc. Keep in mind the benefits that one will receive from these actions, both in this world as well as in the hereafter. Inshallah, you will gain the tawfiq of fulfilling these actions. I am suffering from a spiritual illness. Whenever anybody belittles me or humiliates me, I become enraged. Please remedy this weakness in me. This too is also a problem that a person feels sometimes in this way that he cannot handle anybody's rebuke. Anybody says something, passes some comment, <coughs> makes some remark. And these are things that will carry on. Today we sorted one person out. Tomorrow there will be somebody else. Somebody will make some sarcastic remarks. Somebody will make some comment. Somebody will say something. So this is something that carries on in life. But how to handle such, such a situation? Hazrat replies that the remedy is extremely easy provided that you have the courage. Whenever anybody belittles or humiliates you, immediately ponder thus. Think about it immediately in this manner. I have committed various other sins 
My character is also very poor. I carry much impurity within my body all the time. Hence, if somebody belittles me or humiliates me, so what? What has it changed? He has not even come close to the reality of my evils. In other words, somebody is, so to say, dropping somebody down. So he dropped him down by one degree. This person in his heart and mind, he is dropping himself down ten degrees. So when he himself is dropping himself ten degrees, he's going to worry about somebody else dropping one degree. That will just vanish from his mind. That what that person said to, it still qualifies as a kind of praise for me. Because I am far lower than this. So when he engages his mind in this way, he won't get affected by that humiliating comment, remarks, etc. Furthermore, to continue thinking in this manner, that furthermore, whatever happens in this world is first sanctioned from above. Only then does it become apparent here. My being humiliated was also sanctioned from above, hence it has, it has occurred. Why then do I become angry? And one thought at that time is a very, very effective ilaj for a person who is trying to make his islah. One is if a person is not trying to make his islah, then this doesn't apply. It won't help. But a person who is concerned about making his islah, he's trying to reform himself, he's trying to get closer to Allah Ta'ala, he's trying to cleanse his soul and heart from all the maladies. The simple thought at that time is that this too has come for my islah. Bas. This, what somebody has, so to say, put me down. That I was supposed to have been putting myself down. I wasn't doing that. This has become some unseen help from Allah Ta'ala to kill the pride in me. To kill the pride in me and bring me to reality. That I don't think anything good about myself. So this has come as a means of my Islah. If a person is seriously concerned about his Islah, and now he ponders over this in this manner, not that what some negative that has happened to say that that is a good thing happened, but the end result of it is good. Something that is not good is not good, but sometimes something that is not good has some positive end result too. There was one person who had some back problem. He had a slip disc or something. Now, he was driving somewhere. Now, he used to have this pain all the time in his back. And excruciating pain sometimes. Managing sometimes, carrying on. One day he had an accident. Somebody knocked into him. He stopped at the robot or something. And next thing, this car from the back or whatever, somehow knocked into him. Now, when it knocked into him, now that's an accident damaged the car, there was, I think he probably hit him, his head on the windscreen or something, he got injured slightly on his head also, but that was a slight injury, Allah saved him, but in that jerk that happened, that slipped this, that this fell into place. Now, he was obviously sad about the accident, but the happiness of this what happened now in terms of that disc fell into place and that excruciating pain and all that you used to experience, all that suddenly vanished. Now he could walk upright properly again, he was walking half hunched. That happiness overcame whatever was the sadness of the accident.
And he was actually grateful in a sense. Grateful for the accident. Now, sometimes, some things happen in this manner. That somebody said something, somebody did something, and that was not even sometimes even applicable to us. But if a person engages his mind correctly, on the one hand, he'll be saved the unnecessary burden in his heart, now where he is revising that thing and repeating it and replaying it and he's got it on constant repeat. That is now the only thing circling in his mind now. Why this person said this? What he thinks about himself? And what wrong I did to him? And 101 thoughts of that nature now. Now he's performing his salah also. The same thing is on constant repeat. He's eating also. He can't eat in peace. Can't sleep in peace. So now, what good has it done him? This constant repeat, what good has it done? He's insan. He felt anybody will feel something for one, one minute. 10 minutes, but if then he engages his mind correctly, that is too much. Shall something very serious, one hour, one day. Now this is going on for days, on weeks, but the engaging of the mind correctly at that time is crucial. And if a person engages his mind in the way as Hazrat is explaining, then that becomes very easy to undertake, to handle that, to overcome it. And not just that it becomes easy, a person within himself can start actually feeling happy for the benefit it brought him. What happened was, that accident that happened was an accident. He's going to feel sad about his car got damaged. But the benefit that it brought, he's feeling grateful about that. So not grateful about the accident, but grateful about the benefit it brought. The spin-off. Sometimes the spin-off is worth more than whatever damage happened. So this is a thing that but this comes with learning to engage the mind correctly. And if a person has this negative mindset in everything, then he will see even a see something that is innocent also. From something that is innocent also, he'll take out negative possibilities. Now somebody made an innocent statement, he wasn't being sarcastic, but it is that it can be taken in two ways. One is you can take it as a sarcastic comment, if you want to take that out of it. But he meant it innocently. But now the person who's got this negative mind, he will jump to that negative possibility immediately, that this person meant this in a sarcastic manner. This person was trying to just put me down. So as it is, his mind is negative, and now he feels somebody's trying to put him down, so he goes negative. And then this whole mind goes in a completely opposite direction. The example that to explain this, that one person, he asked two people to comment, to write down the comment. About what? There was a glass which was half filled with water. Half filled with water. He says, what is your comment about this? Both people must write their comment. So both wrote their comment. So one wrote what is, was the comment? That this glass is half filled with water. That's a comment. The other person wrote, this glass is half empty. Now both saw the same glass, both saw the same water, and both people's comments were from the opposite end. One person saw what is in there. That there's half glass of water here. The other person saw the half empty. He saw the emptiness. He had that negative mind. That what is there, he's not looking at that. 
What is not there, he's looking at that. So all the ni'mats and bounties that Allah has blessed us with, we often don't look at that. We look at what we apparently don't have. What somebody else seems to have which we don't have, only that we are able to uh, focus on, we are able to focus on only what we don't have. As a result, we become ungrateful for the innumerable things we have. And apart from that, besides becoming ungrateful, and that itself is what leads to the next point, we feel miserable. When a person is focusing on what he doesn't have, the end result is going to be to feel miserable. And when he focuses on all the innumerable things he has, then he's going to feel very happy about it. He's going to feel very... And uh, somebody in a state of being happy and pleasant. So this is all how we engage our mind. If the mind is engaged correctly, all these things become very easy to handle. So this point that Hazrat mentioned, that to think about this, that whatever happens was sanctioned from above. Now why was this sanctioned from above? For my Islam. And sometimes this is a cleansing process. That what I did elsewhere, and that which dirtied my heart, this has come to clean me. And when a person bears in mind that I am not faultless, this is something to always remember. If others have faults, I have more faults. I'm not faultless. And when the problem comes is, when we feel that whatever has happened is a injustice to me because I'm faultless. Why not say it in so many words, but that is the feeling in the heart. I've done nothing wrong. Sometimes that, that statement is made also. I've done nothing wrong. Perhaps I didn't do anything wrong in this particular instance. But this is actually the compensation of my innumerable wrongs from before. And that too comes sometimes as a rahmat. That it comes and clears out a lot of things. So it doesn't leave that in the record. So this is the lesson about engaging the mind. When a person engages the mind correctly, he keeps a positive mind, keeps turning to Allah Ta'ala, then all these things become very easy to handle. Besides this, whatever occurrence upsets me, take, takes place as a compensation for my sins. I should therefore be grateful to the one humiliating me, that as a result of this, my sins are being forgiven. A person had made some ghibat and of Imam Abu Hanifa rahmatullahi And this message came to Imam Sahib, that this is what this person has done. So Imam Abu Hanifa rahmatullahi sent him a gift. He sent him a gift and he said, look, what you gifted me, unfortunately I am not in a position to gift you the same. What you gifted me was your good deeds. But I can't spare my good deeds. So you gave me your deeds. Unfortunately, I'm giving you this very trivial material in return as a gift. Please accept it. Now, is he going to feel anything about what this person is saying? Once one person was abusing him while he's walking. Now, sometimes his thoughts come that such a great personality. And why was this kind of situation meted out? Allah Ta'ala says, وَكَذَلِكَ جَعَلْنَا لِكُلِّ نَبِيٍ عَدُوًا For every Nabi also, there were enemies. If the Anbiya Ali Musallam had enemies, then what about the people after? What about the Sahaba? And then what about the Awliya? 
Why won't they have some enemy? Not that a person should ask for enemies or ask for people to dislike him. But these things happen from time to time. So in any case, this person is walking alongside him and he's abusing him and saying all kinds of hurtful and vulgar things or whatever. Finally, Imam Sahib comes to a point and stops and he says that, look, this is my house or it was a road where they could part ways. So now I'm going to go in one direction, you the other. So I'm waiting now. Whatever you want to say, you rather, I'm waiting for you to finish off. Mustn't be that I go away and you feel that I still didn't say everything I wanted to say. So to allow you to be able to say everything you want to say, I'm now standing and waiting. When you've done, then I'll move on. Now can a person who has that way of handling it, <coughs> after this person has said what he wanted to say and gone, you think Imam Sahib is going to carry that and walk along? He's going to have this burden in his heart, why this person said it? When he's telling him, look, I don't want you to feel unquenched that you had to say 50 things, you only managed to say 10. Say everything. Now on the other end, that this is something that really, when a person responds in this way, it really takes the person by surprise. And it makes him, if not immediately, after a while, it will make him ponder. It will make him feel ashamed of what he's done. When the person reacted in an aggressive manner, it just makes that person also want to do the same even more. Now, there are two parts to this. One is that a person is entitled to retaliate in like. That is the limit that Sharia has marked off. وَجَزَاءُ سَيِّئَةٍ سَيِّئَةٌ مِثْلُهَا That is the hudud sharia That is the boundary. Because there has to be justice. So the law of justice was established. But immediately thereafter Allah says, فَمَنْ عَفَا وَأَصْلَحَ فَأَجْرُهُ عَلَى اللَّهِ The person who forgives and makes peace, he doesn't want to go by the book of justice all the time. He says, let bygones be bygones, or this is something, let it be. Then for ajruhu ala Allah, then his reward is with Allah Ta'ala. The immediate reward comes, that his heart gets settled with peace. The akhirat reward is beyond imagination. So he does himself a favor by getting over it. That is, the first favor he does is to himself. Because he'll feel that Hurt for a while, one minute, five minutes, ten minutes, half an hour, one hour. But then he'll be over it. And then he'll be at peace within himself. Because now he's engaged his mind correctly. He's actually feeling that, well, this has helped me. When he's feeling this has helped me to get closer to Allah Ta'ala, that grief is gone. So he's done himself a favor. Otherwise, this is going to now spoil his salah. It will spoil his meals. It will spoil his sleep. It will spoil his peace. What good he has done to himself? That person hurt him once. That person hurt him for one minute. He is now hurting himself for days. That person hurt him for one minute. He is torturing himself for days now. So what good he has done to himself? Nothing. So this is all comes back to the same point of engaging the mind correctly. And when will this mind get engaged correctly? When a person is constantly conscious of Allah Ta'ala. When this remembrance of Allah Ta'ala is dominant in the heart and mind, then he will be able to turn the mind in a way that will bring the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. And will bring peace to himself. This is the thing to always 
think about and ponder in this manner. One last letter we will read that the question here is not mentioned. The letter was not published. Apparently, it seems that the writer complained about many disputes between the people he works with. The reply contains valuable advice in this regard. <coughs> Respected brother, assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Every person should at all times look at his own shortcomings and make an effort towards self-reformation. <coughs> Become blind to the shortcomings of others. One is a person who is responsible for somebody's tarbiyat, parent, etc. Then obviously he can't become blind. Then he has to observe what's going on, he has to correct it. But where a person doesn't have the ability to do anything about it, somebody out in the public, whatever, so becoming blind doesn't mean he's not going to see it, he's going to see it. But having seen it, turn a blind eye, make dua for the person. So become blind to the shortcomings of others. The person who looks towards his own shortcomings and is blind towards the faults of others has been praised in the hadith. However, pride is a great obstacle in this regard. It prevents one from recognizing one's faults. Pride always engages one in looking for the faults of others. May Allah Ta'ala save us from this serious malady. Always control your tongue and do not quarrel or dispute with anyone. Study the works of Hakim al-Ummat, Mala Shabari Talwi rahmatullah and strive to act upon it. If you mold your life according to his advice, inshallah success will be at hand. Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq to bring all these lessons in our life and practice upon them. Allah Ta'ala grant us complete islah, remove all our maladies of the heart. Allah Ta'ala bless us with all the noble qualities. Let Allah make us among His beloveds. وآخر دعوانا عن الحمد لله رب العالمين. سبحان الله بحمده سبحانك اللهم بحمدك. أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله.